0: So we're going to have our hand, one hand in Isaiah 60 and another one in uh, Matthew chapter 13. Let's go to Isaiah 60 first, Isaiah chapter 60 and from verse 1 onwards. I'm going to read from the New King James and I'm going to go to a couple of um, scripture portions from this chapter, and I'm going to take you through a few um, translations as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to, so we're just going to follow that. So let me just go to New King James first, Isaiah chapter 60, and from verse 1 onwards. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. If you just see these two verses, you can just think that, well, darkness is going to be all over this world and people are going to have darkness everywhere and I'm going to have the light because God's glory has shone upon me. So I'm going to have the light. and I'm going to sit and I'm going to be singing songs and saying, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No, you have verses three, four, five, and you have more and more scriptures that, explain to you the meaning of verse 1 and verse 2. Why is God's glory shining upon you? And why did even God bring his glory light upon your life? So when you look at verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to your light. Very important. And kings, to the brightness of your rising. There's a definite promise that God is giving. What is that? People will come to your light because that light is from God. That light has this power, this this magnetism, this force to dispel darkness. To bring people out of their darkness into the light that God has given to you. So God says this, Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising what's the meaning of that God says all kinds of people this light of God that God brings this glory light is for all kinds of people people who know God people who don't know God people who are black slidden people who are rich people who are poor people who are in the middle all kinds of people God says will come to the brightness of what the glory of God that has come upon you there's a purpose There's a purpose with which why God brought you to himself. That means he is the light. Why did God bring you out of darkness and bring you into his light? Why are you within the fold of God? Why did God place you where he has placed you? Why? Ask yourself this question. Why, Lord? In a lot of times you can say, Lord, I feel so unworthy. Why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? You ask this question and the answer is here. Why? Because God so loved you, put your name there first. God so loved you, so he came to you. That's the truth. But do you think that that's all there is to it? That that's all it is. He brought me to his family. And so that's it. And I am inside the household of faith. And I'm so happy. That's it. Think about this. There's this baby, you know, that is in an abusive home. And the baby's being abused in the abusive home. And someone sees that and they say that, well, this is not right. What is happening to the child and, and the relative or Somebody says, I'm going to take that child and I'm going to raise that child. And the child is rescued basically from that abusive home. And what happens? When you look at that abusive home, that abusive home is not even the real parents of this child. So basically... The people stole this child and the people are keeping them. That's not their child and they're abusing their child. Now, you see that this is discovered. This has been revealed and the child has been taken out of that abusive home. Now, the child has been given over to the real family where the family puts everything, their heart and soul in the child because this is mine. This is my child. And the child is taken out of that abusive home and the child is brought here and the child is well-fed and given clothes and, and education and everything. If the child takes all of it, all the food and everything, the child doesn't grow. When I say it doesn't grow emotionally, doesn't grow connecting with the people who are pouring into the child, just isolated and things like, I'm just playing my video games and I have everything, whatever I want, my parents give me and... Completely forgets where the child came from. Doesn't help the parents with the dishes, doesn't help the parents with cleaning the house and doesn't help the parents with anything. And just, like, gimme, 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 gimme. And I'll just play video games and gimme, gimme, gimme. I'll just, you know, be on Facebook. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I'll go on social media and you know, I'll post this. I'll post that. It's all about me. And the child becomes a leech to the parents. What will you say? And you put your place Put yourself in that place. How will you feel? Now out of love, because this is mine, and I know who stole this child and I got this child from them. I fought for this child and I got this child now. I'm investing everything in this child and the child is now becoming a self-centered child. See, when we do things for our family, we show that we care. It's not obligation. We show that we care. When our parents need something, we help them. Why? Because we love them. We show that we care. If you're a child and you're in your home, when you see your mom struggling, you don't let that happen. You run and you go. You pick up the dishes and you do it. When you see your parents doing something, things that you can do, you run and you do it. That's what you should be doing. And a child who truly loves the parents we'll do that. When they see that there's a need, even before they're asked, they will jump in to help. They'll say, can I help in what way? You know, can you take a break? I'll take care of this. That's the attitude of a grateful child, a child who really loves and it really shows the bond between the parents and the children where the child is not grown up or is not growing up to be a substantive monster that just gets, When am I going to get my food? Now I need this. I need that. And that student has this and I don't have that. That's all it is. He has it. I don't have. She has it. I don't have. And and they're looking down on me because he has and I don't have and constantly a leech but will not do much in the family. Think about it. There is this love that must be there. Gratitude that must be there, where automatically, spontaneously, it's a, it's a reciprocal behavior that comes where you love me so much, I love you, and I want to do that which not I should do, but that which I really want to do, because I can't see you cry, I can't see you in pain, I can't see you suffering, I cannot, I will do everything I need to do whatever sacrifice I need to do. So at that point, what do you do? You leave your schoolwork, you leave this, you leave everything and you take care of everything. You say, you sit down, Ma, I will do it. I will cook, I will clean, I will do everything. That's a good child. That's how it should be. And that shows that there's a good relationship with me the family when children are like that and and parents invest in their children and children are raised properly that they don't turn into little monsters who just sit and just... Become leeches that just draw and draw and draw and draw and draw and become pain to the parents, sorrow to the parents. So when it comes to our spiritual lives, we have to become people in the household of God who Brings joy to God and not sorrow to God. In order for that to happen, we have to be people who are not self-centered people. They're like, oh God, if I don't have it and that's it, my whole world crashes. And when I don't have it, that's it. Forget about God. Forget about his kingdom. Forget about everything. You just sit over there with the hands on my head and say, oh, give me, give me, give me, give me. When I feel you don't give me then I'm going to throw a fit and that's it. It just shows there's some disconnect in that relationship with God. There's something that's not there. Problem is not with God. Problem is with the human beings, where believers, where they are so self-centered, they're so focused upon themselves. They are like these kids are sitting there playing video games, playing video games, playing video games and, and on the social media and doing this and doing that and thinking what I need to have and and uh, what they have and all about me, you see. The food comes and eat, eating time. Some kids leave their room, go eat and then come back and go into the room and do their own thing. Don't care what the parents need. Don't care what needs to be taken care of. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. If you want to become someone who is a blessing to God, you should be like a child who's really sensitive to the needs of the parents and out of love. And because these parents found you abused and saw where you were and fought for you to get you to themselves and invested everything inside of you. Your gratitude should be even more, all the more. Jesus Christ gave his life for you. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. That's who Jesus is and that's what he did. You who are made in the image of God... Satan stole you, and he kept you as his hostage. He just said, candy? You want candy? And you ran after the candy, and he locked you in his prison, and he kept you for a long time, and he abused you. Now, God saw that, and God came to you. He rescued you. He fought for you. He had to fight for you in order to bring you out of that. How many of you can? Understand that and admit to that, that it took a fight to get you out of the hands of the enemy. God has brought you out and he's lavishing you, lavishing upon you every blessing, every blessing, everything you have is from God. And He has placed you in the house of God. We have received numerous blessings, countless blessings. And God is asking this question. Are you going to be a child? It's just says, Give me, give me. What's next? When is the next service? And what can I get? And it's a good thing to come to the house of God with expectation. And I preached on that. But at the same time, what are you going to do for Jesus? What are you going to do for Jesus? Those who are determined to be loyal to God. Not out of obligation. But out of love for God. Just like he loves me. We love him because he first loved us. We love him. Very important. He first loved us. It's huge. We love him. How do we love him? By keeping his commandments, by doing what God said. And what did Jesus say? He said, go to the highways, go to the byways. He says, you see a need there. And who are those people, by the way? Who are those people? You know, the drug addict you see outside, the alcoholic you see outside, you know, the immoral person you see outside, the oppressed you see outside, people who have diseases you see outside, and all the people around you outside that you think many times that they won't take the gospel. Who are they? First of all, who are they? They belong to God. They belong to God. They should be your brothers and sisters inside your family, but where are they? They're in the camp of the enemy. Just like how you were once. They're there. God is asking you this question. Do you care? Do you care that the people that I created in my image, they're actually related to you. No matter what language they speak and which part of the world they're in. Your neighbor's right here. Your own place. Your Jerusalem first. Do you care that they're under the bondage of the enemy? Do you care that They are in darkness. Do you care that they are oppressed? Do you care? Do you care? Do you care? Because God cares. Because God cared, Jesus Christ emptied himself of everything. That means he did everything he can do. Everything he can do. He laid down everything so that you can become a shareholder, a co-heir in the kingdom of God. That means... In this world, we have power over the powers of darkness, power over our surroundings, power over people, power over everything that is around us. Plus, bigger thing is, those who have power over their surroundings and power over their environment, power over the powers of darkness, by having power with God, are the ones who will rule and reign over many cities and all kinds of things that God has for them when in heaven. They are called the overcomers. That means you have power. When you fight, you overcome. You have power. Every time you fight and overcome, you have power. And whose power? It is God's power. Those who have that power and the overcome, because you cannot overcome without God's power. Those who have the power and overcome are the ones who will rule and reign with Jesus Christ in eternity. It's a big thing. You know, without taking the board exam, you can't become a licensed teacher or a licensed physician. You need that. You need to take the board exam even after you graduate. If you don't have your license, then you cannot become a practitioner You know of whatever you've studied if, if you are in a professional setting. If you don't overcome here, if you don't pass here, if you don't know your content and if you don't know how to fight and if you really don't overcome here, you can't make it there, number one. But if you overcome here, not only will you make it there, but you will actually become rulers over there. So there's this direct connection between this world and the next, which we must remember at all times. Now tell me if it's worth leaving the trash behind. Is it worth leaving everything behind? When I say everything, everything that stands between you And God, everything that stands between you and God, keeping you weak, keeping you in a state of unproductivity, keeping you barren because that flow is not there. When will the flow happen? When you empty yourself fully. Jesus emptied himself. He emptied himself of everything, made himself of no reputation. Even though he's God and he has no sin, even the power he had as God, he just left everything. And he came down to earth. He humbled himself. Why? So that you can live. God is speaking to our hearts today. The light that Christ gave to you is with a purpose. He took you out of the hands of the abuser and he brought you and he's investing everything inside of you. Not to just come every week and say, oh, Lord, I thank you. And every time you come, God will say, you need to be hearing the cries of people. Do you hear? I hear that all the time. Do you hear the cries of people outside? Do you hear the cries of people who are in hell? I've heard it. I have heard it. God has shown me. I've heard the cries of those who are in hell. I've literally heard it. And I don't take God's work lightly and I don't take the depth of unbelievers lightly because I've heard it. I've heard it and in the spirit God has also shown me. The horrors of those who go to hell, especially back certain people. It is important for us to know. that The fight is real. It is your people. It's my people who are created in the image of God, who are dying daily. And we are thinking about our own reputation. Jesus left his reputation and he came down. But we're thinking like, oh, how can I go and tell someone about Jesus? And what will they not, what will happen if they not take it? And what will happen if they say no? Or what will they think about me? And they may get offended. Oh, you're so concerned about yourself. When Jesus left his reputation as God and came for you, Your puny reputation matters for you. You're letting go of other souls and sending them straight to hell because you're not jumping in and not doing anything about it. God is speaking to our hearts today. If he made himself of no reputation, then you too should, if you want to see souls saved. You know who will actually see souls saved and who will have productive ministry? People who make themselves of no reputation. People who empty themselves and say, forget about what people think about me forget about what people think about me forget about what anyone may say forget about it I don't care if they spit on me i don't care if they throw stones at me i'm gonna go you know satan will always say oh you know you're gonna have people you. oh you're gonna have people scorn you you're gonna have people you know come against you and and not everybody's gonna like you and so what so what what's gonna happen What's going to happen? Satan may put fear in your heart. Many times people will receive what you say. You have actually prevented someone from going to hell. Even if they spit at you, so what? They spat at the King of glory and he took it for you. You can't take it? What are you so afraid of when it comes to evangelism? What is actually keeping you from becoming the hands and feet of Jesus? You have not emptied yourself. You've not made yourself of no reputation. That's when you have all these things, all these walls put up as if you're some big shot. When the real king of glory emptied himself and left everything and came for you and you act like a big shot and you see others go to hell. Oh, all the blood will be upon your head for sure. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Empty yourself. You want to see souls getting saved? Empty yourselves. Make sure you put Everything aside. Jesus made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself. For how long? How long? Did he just empty himself for a short time? Oh, I'll just empty myself when I'm in the manger. No. He emptied himself, the Bible says, all the way to the death of the cross. He made himself of no reputation all the way to the death of the cross. And therefore, God gave him a name above every other name. Oh, you see the exchange? even though Jesus was God to begin with, there's a glory came after that. A whole different thing that you don't know about it. A whole different thing that mankind doesn't know about it. A name that is above every other name and that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And what is that name? That name Jesus was not given to mankind until Jesus came. He emptied himself and he made himself of no reputation. He had nothing of himself in him. All he did was live and die for the people to do the will of the Father. God is speaking to us today. So what happened? The earthly name that was given to Jesus Christ at birth, Savior of the world, God exalted that name. That name was exalted. The name of Jesus that was given at his birth, the earthly name became Torment to Satan. Became a name of deliverance to mankind. God is speaking to our hearts today. There is a trade-off. There is a trade-off that is there. That cannot be compared with what you're actually trading in. God is speaking at this hour. If you really want to be used by God. The mentality And the mindset of, oh, I want to be on the stage. I want to be a preacher. Or I want to go and heal people. And I want to do this. Must go in the garbage can where it belongs. Because that is not of God. Anytime we try to think about ourselves as something, you are on the wrong track. God is speaking to your heart today. The first thing is empty yourself. Make yourself of no reputation if God wants you to stand by the church door and that's all God wants you to do, you've done your will. The part that you need to play in the kingdom of heaven, if you do it faithfully, you'll be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Remember that. God said this, Jesus Christ, the Lord. He who's least on earth, the job that he calls you to do, make sure you don't miss it for anything. The job that God calls you to do, whatever God is calling you to do, You focus on that. Don't try to run on someone else's trap. You'll end up in hell. Because if you don't do the will of God, you're not going to make it. When you put me, my, and I before yourself, you will lose sight at that point. You know why? Because that will come as a big, thick wall before you. And every time you go, you'll get hurt. You'll bang yourself on that wall. That's a very dangerous place to be in. We want to give the word to people because genuinely we want to see them come to God. That's it. That's it. I want to wipe the tears of my Lord. He suffered and died so I can be saved. I can be healed. I can be delivered that I may no more have that night. And he has become my day and I have no more nights. But there are many out there. Jesus says there are many out there, many out there, many out there who live in darkness and die in darkness because God's people did not do their job. The church at large has not done its job. With such powerful message of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have more addicts in the youth than more youth who are after Jesus Christ. Isn't that sickening, nauseating? Your stomach should turn when you hear about this. With the God of love and with the God of power, you have more youth dying daily of overdose and more youth dying daily of suicide, more human beings dying daily, regardless their age, from young to old. Many times when I drive, when I go to the store and I come back on my way home, as I see the homes God will show, how much abuse happens behind the closed doors. You see all the houses. How much child abuse, how much woman abuse, how much man abuse, how much all kinds of wickedness, sorrow, and torment goes inside these homes. Demons are occupying. You can just see a Halloween time. Like all the demons are out there where all these demonic homes glorify death and Lucifer. It's hard to see. You can literally will be able to spot a house here, spot a house there that's not Halloween looking. Where is the power of Christ? What is the church doing? What are God's people doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? What are you doing? If the power of God is that real, if the Jesus in you is so powerful to drive out the powers of darkness, then we should be outnumbering the enemies out there. We should. There has to be some kind of forceful Force from heaven that is overtaking the powers of darkness. You know, when Jesus lived on the face of the earth, even though He said narrow is the way, He had a very large following, a substantial following. Now, out of that, how many people completely followed Jesus Christ, and how many people didn't? It's a whole different story. He went to towns and cities, and Capernaum, and and Coraz, and Bethsaida, all those places. Jesus, at the end, he said, "Woe to you! Woe to you! Woe to you!" The miracles that I did. If I had done that in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented with sackcloth and ashes a long time ago, he said. He did all these miracles there. Those towns didn't believe, you know, even though they believed for the miracles, but they didn't believe unto salvation. As these two things are two different things. If they never had faith, then all these miracles wouldn't have taken place in Capernaum. They had faith. They had faith to get healed, but they didn't have the faith to get saved. Two different things. Saving faith and healing faith are two different things. People can come to the house of God and believe and they can get saved and then not show up again. Because they take the healing and run with the healing. Did Jesus heal you so you can take what God gives and offer to Satan? If you are healed from whatever it is and you use that organ for Satan. Oh my God. God have mercy. God have mercy. It's called treachery. God have mercy. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to God. God is calling his people to be faithful to him. He took you out of darkness. He clothed you with his royal robe. He's put a scepter in your hands. And he says, I've crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I've crowned you with my joy. Now, is it for us to just sit over there? And not do anything about those who are there? Why did he crown you? Why did he give you a scepter in your hands? Why? Why did he give you the name of Jesus? Why did he give you the word? Why did he even give you himself? So you can just sit where you are? No. It is for you to go and do what he did. Why is the world not saved still? We know. Many will choose the other direction. But we still need to have. Even the narrow path still has a substantial amount of believers. Heaven is not a place where you have three or four people sitting. In every generation, thousands will enter in because of the thousands who invite people into that path of glory. that They escape hell. But millions are going to hell because God's people have not done their job. They are selfish people. They are people who just pray, Lord, give me a raise. Lord, give me a house. Lord, give me this. Nothing wrong. You can ask God for your needs. Nothing wrong about it you should ask so that God be glorified, but not for selfish gain. The motive has to be, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, that has to be the motive. Why I need a job? Why I need a wife? Or why I need a husband? Or why I need this? Or why I need that? Why I even need food? That's how we pray. Let me tell you this. When that motive is pure, God will move heaven and earth. And he is. Like steadily, God is doing things that only God can do. But when our focus is off, when our focus is like, oh, Lord, I want this with this, and I want, God will give. God will give. Don't get me wrong. He will give. But the ultimate blessing that you need to get, you won't get it because the focus is off. So God is speaking to our hearts today. Our focus and our sole motor has to be the kingdom of God, not myself. If I need anything, it is for his kingdom. If God gives me on his own and he says, I want you to have it, then I'm very grateful to God for that. I don't despise it. I'm very grateful to God for that because it came from his hands. He has given it to me and I'll do everything I can to use it for him. We don't run after things. Things will run after us if we run after him. And we say, all for you. I am all for you. Jesus, all for you. I'm all for you. That focus has to be the way it should be. God is speaking to our hearts today. The merchant who got that pearl, he had his eyes on that pearl. Suddenly he discovered that. He said, oh my God, I found this. I can't miss it for the world. Let me go and sell everything. What happened, as we heard in worship, his focus shifted suddenly. Suddenly it shifted from what he had. Until then, he valued what he had. These were all important. He had all those things. Then suddenly his value shifted. His value shifted to something that he saw, which is of more value. Apostle Paul says that. He had all good stuff, He was not talking about sin. Apostle Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He was a righteous man who kept the law uprightly. He lived a good life even before he got saved. The big problem with Apostle Paul was he did not know about Jesus. And he went about killing Christians thinking that he was doing a service for God. He was not a murderer in the sense that he went to kill people for his gain. No, he thought that. The people who preach about Jesus Christ are actually taking people away from God. And he went against them, thinking that he was doing a service to God. That's why God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself came to him because he saw how true you are to what you know from the Old Testament. I know you'll be faithful. And God himself went and caught him, talked to him and brought him to himself. The same zeal he had before. He just diverted that to the truth now that was revealed. And Apostle Paul says this. He says, all that I had, all the good things I had, he said, I counted all of those good things as loss. So I can gain the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ so that I may gain Christ because I found something far greater than what I have. So what did he do? He left everything and he pursued Jesus. He has one of the highest places in heaven. And through his handkerchief, people got healed. That's how the power of God flowed into him and threw him to others. Why? Why? Because he was a man who emptied himself. Made himself of no reputation. Emptied himself. So that God can fill him. God filled him. He didn't do like a lot of people think, well. If I empty myself and do this, I will get this. So what is a gain and calculate the gain. And, you know, they try to see how much they can. And the focus is still me. God wants us to do a sifting here. The focus has to be, I am counting everything as loss, so that I may gain Christ, which is, it's not for my selfish gain, but because I genuinely love him. I just want to know him. I'm in love with him. I just want to know him. I'm in love with him, so I want to do what he wants me to do because I really love him. Whatever he likes, I like. See, it's a big difference than feeling like I gotta do this. If I don't do this, I go to hell. That's because you're afraid of something, and yeah, you don't do this, and you do the right thing, you will go to heaven. You won't go to hell. True, but you'll be sitting somewhere in some corner. You'll be least. You'll be the least in the kingdom of heaven. Notice there are many, many different places in heaven. If you think about how I should have a house here and how my car should be and how my clothes should be, and you know what will people think about me, think about this hard. Because this life will pass very soon. And all that we try to do to impress people means zero to you, will mean zero to you on that day when you go to heaven, where you're going to spend eternity there. And you're in some little corner. You'll say, oh God, how I wasted my time, how I tried to impress people, what a fool I was. And look at these people who laid down their lives and they are in higher states. You'll be in some corner somewhere where you're going to live forever, where you're going to be ruling and reigning forever. That place is the most important place. And you know who really gets to be close to Jesus? Those who Truly love him with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. And who completely empty themselves. And who co-labor with him. They say, Lord, I see your tears. When you cry, my heart breaks. I can't see your tears. You're still crying. You're still crying. You died on the cross. You screamed in agony on the cross. And you're still screaming in agony today. Because many people are going to hell. Even though I died 2,000 years ago. Many are still going to hell. Many are still going to hell. Many are in hell screaming. You scream so that they don't have to. Many are in hell. You know why? Because the believers right next to them failed to tell them about Jesus. Failed to bring them out of that pit. Failed to be Jesus to them. If you would have failed in your job, it's high time you repent. If you think that, I don't want them to think bad about me. I want to play nice. Playing nice will put you on that stand, the trial stand, and bring you to a place of guilty verdict. Where the people who are around you that you fail to give the gospel. They will turn around and say, you knew this and you're going to heaven. And now I'm going to hell. You didn't tell me why. They will ask you on that day. God will ask you too. Why? Selfishness? Are you being selfish? God is speaking to our hearts today. The king says, go and bring the people. Bring the people. Let them taste are the food that i have for them go bring them let them receive that which i have for them don't let another day pass by being selfish saying that i don't want to do this don't be a christian who gets pumped up one day after hearing this message they just you're just on a high for two days and the third day just go down and and do your own thing before you know it'll all be over He who does the will of the Lord, it is he who will abide forever. Are you doing the will of the Lord? Whether it's out of obligation or whether it's out of love for him, you should be doing the will of God. But it is those who do it out of love for him will actually enjoy the process, will actually be close to God, will actually accomplish everything that God has told them. You know, there are people who go to work. They'll go... 9 o'clock, 9 to 5, they'll go barely 9 o'clock. And they'll do the bare minimum. And they'll do the bare minimum. They'll wait 4 or 5 o'clock, 4, 15, And before that, everything will be packed up and they leave. You call them bare minimum people who do their work. But then there are people who really love their job. And they will work passionately because they really love their job. And they will work to get the job done and give a really quality work. You see a difference between them both. There are a lot of people in the kingdom of God like that. People who really, really love Jesus and do God's work because they really love him. Then there are people who will do the bare minimum. Say, okay, I just need to get my paycheck. And if I don't do this, and if I don't tithe, then I may get a curse. And if I don't give to God, and then I may have a loss. And so I got to do it or, you know, do it cheerfully. Do it because you love God. Do it because he gave everything for you. Don't be the other group that just said, I got to do something for God. If I don't do something for God, then I won't have anything when I go up there. So I need to do something. So let me take five tracks and go and give today. So it'll be a check mark there. And when I go up there, something will be, you will have something. You will, de- you will definitely have something because you did. But you won't have that which you need to have. You'll have a, A tiny little house with a lot of empty space around that was never occupied. I have a tiny little corner. You don't want that. Be faithful to God. Be someone who will value your soul and value your eternity. Now have that wisdom to see. Number one. Number two. Be someone who truly loves God. He died for you. Jesus loved you and he died for you. Do you truly love him? To what extent you love him? See, if you really love him, you'll be so proud of him. You won't be embarrassed to tell other people about Jesus. If you think that he's really God, you should be really proud of him. If you think that he's really God in flesh, and if you think that he really saved your life and he gave you a new life, what's wrong with you? Why do you want to hide it? If that's the truth. If you really have real testimony, genuine testimony, and that this God is more powerful than all the foolishness out there and all the demonic spirits that are there, you should be the one who is bold, not them. But you see the opposite. You see the wicked going around parading their wickedness. Meanwhile, Christians are like really cringing, really afraid to say the name of Jesus and share their testimony. They're just walking on eggshells. What a tragedy. What a shame. What an embarrassment. Sinners are like not ashamed to smoke outside. They're not ashamed to be moral outside. They're not ashamed to be lewd outside. They're not ashamed to curse outside. They're not ashamed to even blaspheme outside. They're not ashamed at all. They're just boldly doing it. The evil spirit is so boldly working. You know why? Because you have weak Christians all over. There's no power there. There's no power there. Satan is not afraid of anyone here because... You don't have the power of Christ walking around. No. When compromise is there. God's power will not be there. God is speaking at this hour. Do you think. It's high time. That you. Empty yourself. That you understand the worth of eternity. You become smart in short. That the boldness that the wicked have should become way less than the boldness you have. Because you have the truth and they have the lies. You have the real power. They have the demonic spirits. When you have the real power, you have power over those unclean spirits. So, who should be bold? You or them. Who should be bold? You or them. God is speaking at this hour. God is speaking at this hour. The spirit of God says. Put your hands to the plow and don't look back. Put your hands to the plow and don't look back. Put your hands to the plow and don't look back. You see all those people dying. My Jesus is weeping. Because he did his job and he went. Now he's saying. I want to be. In you. To rescue them. But you know what? You're full of yourself. So Jesus can't be in you to rescue them. You're so powerless. Refer them to a psychiatrist. Refer them to a doctor. Refer them. Not my job. Not my problem. Throw them somewhere else. You're not giving them to Jesus. You're throwing them to someone else. And you know, it's like from going from one demon to the next. They're being thrown all around. And demon just plays like musical chair over there. God is speaking at this hour. Do you want to see your town changed? Do you want to see the kingdom of God come down in our midst? Do you? John the Baptist did. Jesus did. Elijah did. Nehemiah did. Jeremiah did. Abraham did. Apostle Paul did. Apostle Peter did. And all the 120 did. Do you want to see the kingdom of God come down to where you are? It can't happen if you're full of yourself or half of yourself or quarter of yourself. Self has to be out. You need to empty yourself. That means zero self. Your part, your vessel must be empty. You need to focus on that number one. Anytime you feel like, hey, I gave the word to somebody, you pet on my back. Oh, then you have to stop right there. Well, how nicely I gave my testimony. When you think like that, stop right then, kick the devil out. that shouldn 't have any part inside of you. It is Christ who is working in you. Do not touch the glory of God, and don 't take credit for anything. It is the Spirit of God working through you if He is, and if he 's working through you, fall at his feet and say, "Oh God, thank you, apart from you, I can do nothing. Thank you, Lord, for working through me. Thank you for touching that person 's heart, oh Lord." I pray, use me in the lives of many more people so that your kingdom may expand. Get yourself out of the way if you want God to come in. If you want God to come in, get yourself out of the way so that God can work. Oh, how well I sing. Some people like to hear themselves. God says, you know what? Get yourself out of the way. Your audience should be the king and the heavenly host. You worship him as you worship him. All heaven should join with you and worship God with you. You have to be immersed in him. That's what real worship and that worship will bring heaven down to where you are. Heavenly hosts will be there. God is speaking at this hour. One life you have to live. One life, only one life. One opportunity. Every day, every day, we get opportunities to be Jesus to those who are dying. Be bold. Be proactive. If Satan and his army is bold and proactive, you need to be bolder than that and be more proactive. First on your knees. First by emptying yourself. And next by doing the will of God, by having Jesus fill you fully. Let him fully, fully. On this first day of fasting and prayer, the spirit of God is bringing to us the most important thing. His light has been given to you. Isaiah 60. His light has been given to you, and there's a promise that's been given to you, which is Gentiles will come to the brightness of your rising. Kings will come to the brightness of your rising. All the people will come. They will come to the brightness of your When God spoke on Isaiah 60 before, go and listen to the message. When you completely become transparent, when there's nothing in there, that the light can just go through you and just go to people who are around you. Then your light is going to really shine. That's when. But if you have something blocking that light, even though the light is there, it's not going to come outside. God is speaking to the hearts today. God's light has come upon you. What are you doing with it? Empty yourself. Empty yourself. So that the light that God has put inside of you will be made use of. Jesus died 2,000 years ago, but he's still crying. He said, I said it's finished. I finished my job. But the remaining work that needs to be finished needs to be finished through you. And he said, you are my hands and feet. You are part of my body. You should be doing what I did. What are you doing? When You should be doing what I did. What are you doing? What are you doing? I pray that this question will ring In your ears. Again and again and again and again and again. Until it brings you to a place of total emptiness before God and man. Until it brings you to a place of total emptiness. Where God can fill you. Until it brings you to a place of total surrender to God. Until it brings you to a place of heaven's boldness from God. To go and do what Jesus did to that, you have more power than all those wicked people out there. You have more power than all the demonic presence that is over there. And more and more and more people talk about all the disasters that are happening. Where is Jesus here? Do you have Jesus in your life? Do you have him in your life? Is his power greater than the powers of darkness? In your locality, in your community, God is asking this question. Is the power of God reigning through you? Whoever comes in contact with you, are you just simply speaking? Or whatever you're speaking is it. Is that having an impact in their lives? Not that I feel good. Oh, we had a good conversation. No, 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 no. no. Good conversations can happen when people don't have Jesus. They can have good conversations. But when Jesus is there, you'll have a life-changing conversation. One conversation with the Samaritan woman changed her life. One message that Peter spoke touched the lives of thousands there. God is speaking to our hearts today. Where there is power, you know that the kingdom of heaven is present there. Are you a person who brings the kingdom of heaven down to earth? Are you someone Who carries the presence of God and brings the kingdom of God to wherever you are, wherever you go. Tell the Lord, let me be a blessing to you. More than bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. Say, Lord, let me be a blessing to you. Let me be a blessing. He'll give you everything you need to be a blessing to him. When you delight in him, he will delight in you. If he delights in you, you don't even have to say about it. He'll give you everything because he knows it's not about you. God is speaking in this hour. That your heart and your motive become pure. Don't run after the Savior. Just do the bare minimum. Don't run after the Savior and be content with the bare minimum that you are doing. Don't run after the Savior uh, merely out of obligation. Don't run after the Savior just to get some things from Him. Genuinely love Him because he took you out of the deepest pit. He took you from the hands of the slave owner. He took you from the hands of the abuser. He took you from the hands of the enemy. He just didn't put you in some corner and say, well, I rescued you now. You'd know, you be my slave. And no, no, no. He made you his son. He made you his daughter. He lavished his love upon you. And he continues to lavish his love upon you. And he gives you everything you need and much more. This is who our God is. What are you going to do in return? Are you going to be like the kid that gets everything and sits and just plays video games and, and just be on the social media or the girl who just posts pictures on Instagram and just all kinds of, you know, I don't know, what are, what are the social medias out there now? Wherever people are, I want my voice to be heard. And I want everybody to know that I'm something and waste your time. God is speaking at this hour. Do you want to be a child? That just gets everything and not reproduce. Be a child that gets everything and not contribute to the family. Not out of obligation, but out of love. Out of obligation is better than not doing anything. But that's not the best place to be in. God is speaking to our hearts today. Be someone who truly loves Jesus. Who gave us all for you. He gave us all for you. God gives all for you during this Good Friday to Easter as we meditate on the sufferings of Jesus Christ. I want you to read these passages. Read Isaiah sixty. He wants his light to shine through you. That those who are in dark may no more have their night. Just like how he took your night away. He wants you to be his hands and feet. To take away the night's Of those who never see light. God is speaking at this hour. Read Isaiah 60. And you can read the first four verses and meditate on it. Lord, I want to be in a place where I can become productive. You need to grow up so that you can reproduce. Reproduce. Meditate on those four verses. And I'm going to give you a couple more verses. Then we're going to go into prayer. I'm going to pray and conclude. So just read Matthew 13 now. Matthew 13. Two verses here. Let me see. Before that, let me just go to the version that the Lord wanted me to. I'm just going to go to Isaiah 60. And I read from King James. And I'm just going to read one more version here. Let me just go to the Amplified. I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you, O Jerusalem, and his glory shall be seen on you. All nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about you and see. They all gather themselves together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried and nursed in the arms. I want to stop right here. Always remember the light that God talks about. They come to your light, come to your light. It's not to boost yourself. Know that the light you have is his light. But where you will receive the reward is when you empty yourself and say, God, I want your life to shine through me a 100%. And you lay down everything and you sacrifice your life so that others can live. And that's where God will be glorified. Because now you walk in the path of Jesus who laid down himself, laid down his life. And he made himself of no reputation so that you can receive. His light. So I'm going to read the next section. But remember this. When it talks about your light. Know that your light is the light that comes from Jesus. His glory that shines. Without his light. We don't have anything on our own. So all glory goes to our God Almighty. Now let me go to this. Scripture. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to read. From verse 45, Matthew chapter 13, from verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I want you to meditate on this as well before we come together Monday. Meditate on these two portions. God is going to give us a glorious service tomorrow, Easter Sunday. We're looking forward to a glorious time in the house of the Lord with God's people. Jesus will be there and and the heavenly host will be there to worship our risen King. And it's important for us to be in the presence of God tomorrow with great reverence and prepare ourselves to come to the house of God. In the meantime, meditate on these two scripture portions. And also, know that the more you meditate on God's word, having heard this message, look at your notes and look at these scriptures and meditate on it, The Spirit of God will take this and take it deep into your spirit so that it can do a deep work in the lives of all those who take it seriously. So take these two scripture portions. God has already spoken about this in the worship and also now He has taken it further as the Word was expounded. Take these two and ask this question that God asked you again and again and again. What are you doing? With what God has given. What are you doing with what God has given? With the light that's, that God has given to you. What are you doing? Have you emptied yourself? Have you made yourself of no reputation? When people are dying outside, have you done your everything? Have you done your everything? Jesus did everything. He laid down his life. All the way to the very end. Until the last drop of blood was gone out of his body. He loved us to the very end. He gave us all for us. Are we giving our everything for the lost? Are you doing your everything or are you doing your bare minimum? Are you doing your everything for those who are lost? May God speak to our hearts as we close our eyes and look to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this night of fasting and prayer. I pray that you will work in the hearts of your people. Let this word that you have given from your heart to your people taken very seriously, Lord. I pray that you've raised people from among our midst who wipe the tears of the Lord Jesus Christ who's still weeping. Because he died such a significant death. And many people, multitudes are still going to hell. Multitudes have embraced darkness. Because they've never seen the light. Because people who have the light. Are not taking that light to those who are in the dark. People who have the light. Have hidden the light. Because of not emptying their Self. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to every single one. Lord, that they may become the hands and feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. That they may truly spend time in Your presence, Lord. Work in the hearts of your people. Work in the hearts of your people. Work in the hearts of your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all that we ask imagine according to the power that worketh in us. So I pray, let the power of God truly work in the lives of every single one, so that they may see multitude come to Christ through their light. Thank you, Father. I come against all the forces of darkness, and every demonic spirit that is warring against the hearts, minds, and bodies of God's people. I bind them in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you bless the fasting that we're all taking during this season bless each and every one Father whatever type of fasting they are taking Lord bless them and I pray that you will receive it unto yourself and I pray that you will give each one souls Father that they are seeking you for thank you Lord I commit tomorrow's service into your hands Father do a mighty work mighty work mighty work mighty work in our midst that you will be done Father Guide us, Lord, tomorrow. We give ourselves to you. I pray, release every single one, Lord, to be in the house of God. Bring, Lord, people to the presence of God. Let there be, Lord, a great time of rejoicing in the house of God. Lord, I pray that you work in the hearts of all those whom your people have invited. Bring them, Father. I pray, mobilize every single one to truly become soul winners for the Lord Jesus Christ. To become children of God who will willingly go and co-labor with the Lord Jesus Christ and not be like the children, Lord, who just keep getting you know, full of them, full of their self, Lord, and become grief to you. So I pray that you turn every single one, Father. As children of the living God. Who see the need and run, oh Lord. To fill that gap. So that the heart of our Father will not be heavy anymore. Be glad. Lord, as you're weeping over poor Rivers. As you're weeping over New Jersey. As you're weeping over Pennsylvania. As you're weeping over New York. May this house of God see the tears of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father. They may become people who will wipe the tears of Jesus in gladness heart. So I pray that you give us a rich harvest, Lord, tomorrow. May souls be healed, saved and delivered. Give us a rich harvest tomorrow. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus name, I commit every single one's health, their marriages, their families, their finances, their homes, their appliances, their children, and everything that belongs to them, their vehicles, into the nail pairs hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the enemy may not touch anything, Lord, in Jesus' name. That you bring them all to the presence of God. That God be glorified. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Jesus.